This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday, the 19th of January. In your Squiz today, international travel unlikely in 2021. Cyclone Kimi brings more rain to Queensland. China's economic growth in 2020. And push-ups for punishment. This is your Squiz today. If you've been hoping the news of vaccine rollouts could see you back travelling this year, sorry to burst your bubble, but it's probably not going to happen in 2021. And that's according to the head of the Federal Health Department, Professor Brendan Murphy. He, of course, was our former chief medical officer and was on the front line of giving the public response last year as the COVID crisis continued to unfold. And he was on ABC News Breakfast yesterday morning where he was asked about what travel plans for this year might be like. And he said that despite that widespread vaccination program that will really get across the Australian population across this year, that there probably wouldn't be uh, just come and go international travel this year with the Australian border being opened. That's because we just don't know and scientists certainly don't know what the effect of the vaccination program will be yet and whether it will give us the coverage that we need to get back to life as normal. That's sparked calls from the tourism sector for more support. They say they can't survive on domestic travel alone. International travellers simply spend so much more and state-specific border decisions also create a lot of uncertainty in the domestic market. On that domestic border front, though, good news for a lot of Victorian residents stranded by the hard border between New South Wales and Victoria. The traffic lights are changing. (laughs) The traffic lights are changing. (laughs) The weird world that we live in now, yes. If you come from lots of parts of Greater Sydney, the Blue Mountains and Wollongong, or if you've been there in the last bit of time, that traffic light has been downgraded from red to orange. It means that you can get a permit to travel to Victoria as long as you get a test once you're there within three days to prove that you're COVID negative. There's more areas, though, in Sydney that remain in the red zone with concerns that there's still some cases in New South Wales that need to be attended to. I'll pop a link in your episode notes if you want to check which traffic light relates to your situation. Looking in on the latest around the Australian Open, down in Victoria, though, world number one and players representative Novak Djokovic has urged Premier Daniel Andrews to let the 72 players who are under those strict isolation protocols out early amongst other concessions. Yeah, he had a list of things that he wanted to see for those players, including better meals and some exercise time. I like the suggestion that the players be moved to homes where there's tennis courts, (laughs) but that is a big no from Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews. He said that the rules are very clear under which they've come to be able to host that tournament, and it's very important that the rules are adhered to. The rules will not be changing, he said yesterday. It was only a few weeks ago that Queenslanders were dealing with the rains of Cyclone Imogen and the state has been bracing for the possible impact of Cyclone Kimmy. Kimmy's a bit unpredictable, Claire. It was changing tack every couple of hours yesterday. Authorities now say it's weakened and won't cross the coast, but still a lot of rainfall ahead. 
Yeah, there's a big stretch of that far north Queensland coast that had to put a lot of contingency plans into place yesterday. Where it's landed is that there's still expected to be a lot of rain coming between Innisfail and Eyre. That includes Palm Island off the coast. The region's bracing for a lot of rain and because, as you've said, it's had quite a bit of rain already this year, it means that the region is ready to flood fairly easily again. Also dealing with some big weather was Tasmania. Most of the state was under a severe weather warning last night with damaging winds. Take care if you're in those areas. Over to Russia now and opposition figure Alexei Navalny has been arrested on his arrival back in Moscow. It's the first time he's been back to Russia since he was poisoned with the deadly nerve agent Novichok, allegedly by government agents. His arrest has been condemned internationally. It has. We've had new advisers in the incoming Biden government, lots of European lawmakers and the United Nations calling for his release. He'll be held for at least 30 days in custody, is the report out this morning. Of course, he has become a really big figure because of what's happened to him uh, in the last nine months or so and a lot of attention on how Russia deals with him. He's a big critic of Russia. President Vladimir Putin. The Russian government says he's being held because he breached his parole conditions after he was sentenced for embezzlement some time ago. I've also told Western countries to essentially mind their own business. It's not a story many, if any, other nations can tell after the year that's just gone, where the world saw the weakest period of economic growth in a decade. But China's economy grew by 2.3% in 2020, Claire. Yeah, they're probably going to be one of the few that are able to say that they had growth over the year. Uh, Many other countries, of course, are now battling third and fourth waves of the coronavirus. Uh, And when you look at the world's biggest economy, the United States, it, of course, has a real battle with the coronavirus on its hands at the moment. Uh, When you look at Australia, just for comparison, our economy went backwards uh, 3.8% for the 12 months to September. And we're certainly one of the countries that has had a lower impact from coronavirus on our health system and on the health of Australians uh, and citizens and other countries. So China's feat in that regard is really quite notable. And we'll know more about where Australia's economy landed in 2020 when official data is released at the end of this month. This is one of the more unusual crimes we've reported on in the Squiz today, but five people have been charged over the theft of 250 tonnes of salmon, worth about four million bucks. Claire, how is such a thing managed? It's a lot of salmon. (laughs) What's a lot of salmon? A lot of money, though, too. What these people have allegedly organised is they've incorrectly labelled premium salmon as waste from this plant and then they've snuck it out and they've either resold it or traded it for other items. Uh, When you look at the books, which is how it was picked up by an audit from Huon Aquaculture, they were putting down 600 kilos of salmon every day uh, less than what has actually been produced and it doesn't seem like they've taken 600 kilos every day from the plant they've probably done it in a couple of 
big lots, what investigators say, but it's a massive amount of fish to have to deal with to resell it or to trade it. They were very organised. As you said, the issue was picked up by an internal audit after management smelt something fishy. Very good on the puns there this morning, Claire. (laughs) It's an easy one, that one. (laughs) The five people involved have been fired and charged with stealing and larceny. From crime to punishment, authorities in Bali have come up with a novel way to punish foreigners who don't follow coronavirus health protocols. Yeah, pretty terrifying. You're forced to do push-ups on the spot. Uh, <laughs> that is that terrifying. It, <laughs> includes, uh, yeah, particularly foreigners not wearing a mask as they get out and about. Bali has been praised for its public health approach in making people social distance and wear masks. And, yeah, if you're caught without one, push-ups on the spot. Off you go, 25 on your knees. I would be very compliant because I could not do even five, I don't think. All right, Claire, let's squeeze the day. What's on your radar today? The cricket for me, I'll have it on in the background as I'm working away today. It's the do or die in the whole test series. Australia has the day to get India out. Pretty bad weather forecast for Brisbane, so it might be rain affected and they might have their opportunities limited. But come on, Aussie. And it's also Dolly Parton's 75th birthday today. What a legend. And the thing I noticed about squeezing the day today, it's the anniversary of Triple J hitting the airways for the very very first time back in 1975. Yeah, happy birthday. That's all from us today. Have a good Tuesday and we will be back with you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.